G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Let's spend a little time reflecting on fear as one of the forces at work in the COVID-19 crisis. Now, some of it is obvious, uh, taking precautions not to catch a deadly virus. On the other hand, being resistant to fear-mongering that can come from lots of different sources, could be very important for us as Christians. Well, Christian cultural commentator Bill Muhlenberg has been reflecting on fear this week. Bill, welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Bill, let's talk about fear here, because it's amazing what a bit of fear can do in a time of crisis. Yeah, well, we've had uh, similar sorts of talks in the last few months about these very things, uh, you know, the need to ask questions and, uh, you know, not just accept everything we hear. Uh, we've talked about how many of the experts uh, really got it quite wrong in terms of their predictions and modeling. Uh, we talked about how maybe some governments have resorted to a bit of overkill here. So that's all part of the discussion. I think everybody, all the governments early on, of course, we were kind of flying blind. We didn't really know what we were up against. So then a lot of necessary precautions were run with, you know, preventing overseas travelers from coming in, especially from China, uh, isolating certainly the uh, at-risk populations, you know, social distancing. So we did a lot of steps that were likely quite sensible early on, but as we began to learn fairly soon, you know, more about this thing, that it wasn't as widespread, it wasn't quite as infectious, certainly the death rates were, you know, not all that dissimilar to various other things we may go through each year, uh, then we began to realize that, well, um, how much have we been really running on fear instead of facts? How much have we been running with, uh, you know, the gloom and doom scenarios? Uh, we always used to get that with things like the climate change alarmism, or, you know, we're all going to die tomorrow if we don't act immediately. And some have wondered if we haven't had some of the same sorts of fear and overreaction to corona so yeah we need again as always to get the right balance here bill as christian believers we'll often talk about fear and we'll mention the number of times in the bible where we're told to fear not and yet mm. we're told that the fear of god is the beginning of yeah. all wisdom and then the, we can throw into that uh, even romans chapter 13 the idea of fearing the government that doesn't wield mm. the sword in vain. Lots of different ways we can talk about fear. You're focusing in on the sort of fear that is being created by some, uh, the idea that governments take advantage of fear uh, to be able to uh, cause people to uh, to fall into line. Uh, that's really the focus you're getting, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's right. There's, as you say, different kinds of fear, some good, some not as good. And uh, given over 50 articles now I've done on corona, amazing to think about it. Uh, I think the very first or perhaps second article, long time ago now, I wrote about how a crisis or a time of the emergency can be used by some governments, by some states to, well, really push agendas, to really take control, to really expand their powers. Uh, there's even the saying, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. Uh, so I've been warning about that from day one. We can, if we're not careful, perhaps too easily give up too many freedoms unnecessarily because of fear. And uh, in my newest article, I do look at how, well, historically, we, we, we've got clear lessons. All the dictatorships and tyrants, even of the past century, whether a Hitler or a Mao or Stalin, uh, they all really perfected the art of using fear to keep the masses in control, to have them uh, uh, submit to very, uh, you know, sheepishly and do whatever the state demands of them. So again, a Christian is on, well, two sides here. On the one hand, yes, we got Romans 13, where God has set up the state. But on the other hand, we know that power can be abused and that evil uh, governments can arise. And we're not called in Scripture to submit to, uh, you know, unrighteous and evil in the state, but to challenge it. So whether that was say, uh, challenging the slave trade in the past or challenging things like legalized abortion today, Christians do have obligation to speak against evil and unrighteousness. So again, a balancing act, but we do want to take care that we don't allow a crisis like this for some states and governments to really uh, manipulate that fear and end up uh, really becoming well beyond what they're meant to be as God's servants for good. You have, in one of your latest articles, quoted a former U.S. president, Thomas Jefferson, who had a pretty wise saying when it came to government and fear. What are your thoughts around his insight here? Well, there are many of the founding fathers who really had the very same sort of idea. He was certainly not alone in what he said. Uh, quite a few warned about if we allow fear and things to get the better part of us, then we may well uh, lose our freedoms. Uh, what Jefferson said was, when government fears the people, there is liberty. But when the people fear the government, there is tyranny. So that's kind of the uh, uh, that was a consistent theme throughout uh, uh, certainly the early American founding fathers, but I think somebody like Ronald Reagan said much the same, you know, the government should fear the people. We shouldn't be fearing the government. But we've allowed over the years so much growth in the state, so much control, so much expansion of powers in every area that we really have become quite fearful of government when at least the American founding fathers said, no, it should not be this way. The government exists to serve the people. Or again, as Paul said in Romans 13, the government exists as to be a servant of God, to do his will. So 
also not to become a tyranny, but to serve, not to lord it over others. So, uh, again, we're learning, or should learn from history, that uh, too much power to the government, creating too much fear in the masses, uh, can be a recipe for disaster. And you just look at plenty of examples in Germany during the Nazi reign, or, say, Soviet Union, People snitching on their own neighbors, turning in their own loved ones, relatives, sometimes even family members. Uh, well, we've, you know, we've been actually told to do that in many ways with Corona. You know, if you see your neighbors doing something that's not the proper social distancing, turn them in, report them to the authorities. Now, look, there's a place for some, uh, you know, sharing of information. If I see a guy breaking into my neighbor's house, well, yeah, then I'll call the cops and say, hey, there's a burglar uh, trying to get into my neighbor's place. But if I've got uh, three people next door looking like they're fairly well social distance, I mean, we've got a lot of overreaction where some people have been turning in others. And that's kind of a worry if you study history. When we talk fear of government, Bill, we do have the safeguard, of course, in a democracy that uh, the next election comes around. And if we felt that the government was imposing fear on us, we could uh, eliminate them. We could vote them out. Uh, But we don't just have a federal government. We've got state governments and they're different flavours around different states and territories all around Australia. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts on on how our states are behaving when it comes to imposition of fear at this time. Any thoughts here? Well, certainly we know that for at least several weeks now, our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, has been saying, come on, it's time to get back to normal. We certainly need to open the schools. The federal health ministers are saying this is perfectly fine. Uh, children certainly are not the at-risk category. Morrison also says we got to start opening up businesses. we got to get the economy flowing again. Uh, to have a really destroyed economy with a million people out of work can be just as lethal as any uh, virus. Uh, people tend to have all kinds of mental health problems, commit suicide, and so on during times of depression and uh, unemployment. So Morrison was right. We need to get moving. But as you know, some states have been a bit slow. Certainly my Victoria, uh, with our Labor uh, Premier Dan Andrews, he's been dragging his feet all along. He still doesn't want the schools open. He still doesn't want the businesses uh, reopened. So uh, sadly, even though our prime minister, I think, has got the right balance, we've got to get moving again. Some of the states, uh, well, you know, some people would say people like Dan Andrews have kind of become drunk with power. They enjoy the control. They enjoy the kind of intimidation of the people. So uh, thankfully, some of the other states have done much better in this regard. But again, we have to be vigilant. Uh, power can be abused, and that's always something to keep an eye out for. Bill, let's try and bring this into a practical context here. Uh, the possibility of a second wave of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. 
I wonder whether you think that is something that some governments might be uh, just pushing a little harder than others and creating a fear factor, because I imagine that if we did have a second wave and it came under control, then then a new fear factor would arise with the idea of a third wave. So uh, there's endless possibilities here for keeping the fear factor high and keeping people under control. Yeah, again, it's the balance between legitimate concerns, right, taking necessary precautions, uh, avoiding unnecessary health risks, and, yeah, letting the government milk something like this for all of its worth. I mean, we could permanently be kept in lockdown, and we've had so many people already saying this, some of the American Governors, for example, have been saying we may well not open churches for another couple of years, uh, maybe until we find some vaccine. So it's always easy to, uh, you know, uh, well, just as we guesstimated and took a lot of punts on what was going to happen in the first place, we're still doing that. You know, we're still throwing out rubbery figures, doing modeling, which may or may not come about. Some of the countries that have had almost no lockdowns uh, don't seem to have such things as a second wave. I mean, if we do, of course, well, then you reconsider. Then you look at the next steps, if and when it happens. But to say it may happen, well, I mean, again, we have to look at life, including all of its risks. Uh, Last year, during our flu season, 900-plus Australians died of the flu. Uh, Again, our numbers here with corona are still under 100. So what do you do? Do you lock down the nation every time flu season comes around each year? We haven't so far, even though a whole lot more people have died from that. So again, it's this whole idea of, you know, risk management. How much freedom do you allow? How much government coercion do you bring in? To keep people safe, it's always a balancing act. We need wisdom. We got to pray for our rulers that they get it right. Some, I think, are wanting to be more free and open things up. Others are being a little bit too draconian and wanting to drag this out. So, uh, interesting times, if nothing else. Bill, for the typical Christian believer, the idea on one side that you might be a compliant citizen. Uh, to a, a fear-mongering government, uh, that may be a, a bit of a challenge. Uh, where do we find some balance here on what the Christian responsibility might be in this? I suspect uh, when you have the opportunity to speak out in public, uh, raising questions about alarmism, that puts, that puts pressure on the government to at least do the right thing. Uh, what are your thoughts here for, for the right response and the right balance for where we might be as a Christian believer? Yeah, well, again, I think all Christians should be at the forefront of holding governments to account, keeping them on the straight and narrow, asking hard questions. We are the people. We are the citizens. In theory, our leaders are just there to act as our servants. Again, that's the language of Romans 13. They are God's servants for our good, Uh, not little petty dictators who can just lord it over everybody. So uh, at the very least, good citizenship, as the Bible understands it, includes things like 
you know, we'll keep asking questions. We'll keep looking at what the state is doing. We won't just sit down and take whatever comes about. In fact, we know that we have a higher authority. God is the ultimate authority. The state is a delegated authority given limited powers by God. So, yeah, the general rule of thumb is we submit, we obey, but we know from both the Bible and church history that there are often times when the Christian has to disobey. Uh, There is even a place for things like civil disobedience. So, uh, again, the discussions can be complex. We need, once again, wisdom, got to pray, need that biblical balance, but it's too easy to go on wrong extremes, either complete blind obedience that questions nothing, or a kind of uh, almost an anarchy and rebellion where you say, I don't want anything to do with this state. Uh, neither one is actually the biblical position. Well, it brings a whole new dimension for some listeners, no doubt, today when you say the Bible says, fear not. Because an interesting way of looking at fear and how we understand when there is a fear-mongering in place. Uh, Bill, I'll point people to your latest articles on your website. Uh, Simply Google Culture Watch, one word, or go to billmuhlenberg.com. Keep an eye out for the article we've been talking about today in a roundabout way. Fear, fascism and fealty. That's an interesting word, that one, one we don't usually use, Bill, but uh, all to do about bowing to powers unnecessarily, the idea of a serfdom. And uh, so listeners might like to read that article, Fear, Fascism and Fealty. Go to BillMuhlenberg.com. Bill, thanks for being with us once again today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.